welcome back to the One a Week podcast, everybody. I'm Matthew. And I'm Jonas. This week we're talking about the eighth studio album from singer-songwriter from the UK, PJ Harvey. Came out in 2011, so it's not exactly a new release. But um, I just wanted to take a look at it because people have said that it's aged well and it has quite a few accolades. Um, PJ Harvey actually won a Mercury Award for this, her second which is basically just, you released the best album in the UK. Oh, cool. So she got two of those, which that's pretty... I think she's the only person to have ever done that, ever. What was the other one for? Do you know? Um, For her 2001 album, Stories from the City, Stories from the Sea. Okay. So a 10-year gap between those two, but uh, most people don't win it ever at all, so good for her. She won it twice. And... um. So she's been around a while making music, but um, she definitely hasn't run out of ideas in that time, at least from what I was getting into on this album. I uh, guess we'll just get started on the whole thing. Yeah. Um, I I did not know what I was getting myself into, but um, I honestly was quite floored by the whole thing. Oh, just yeah? front to back, honestly. It was it was like it was rock music, but it was also like baroque pop in a way, and but then it was also folk music occasionally. It was just all over the place, but the spirit of it felt very like indie rock to me. There were all these like light guitars and like hooks that felt very I, I don't know how to describe it, but there was um quite a bit of kind of indie song structure in that there would be like a verse, a chorus, a bridge, all that, but with very strong songwriting. I think as a singer-songwriter project, this is this is almost perfect, honestly. She writes bold melodies, um, great lyrics, goes in, we'll, we'll get into lyrics I'm sure at some point, mm-hmm. but as just as a, do. yeah, just as a passing thought, um, very strong. And every track had something new to add to the narrative or the theme. I kept I kept thinking about um, Pink Floyd's The Wall during this whole thing. It felt very, not just thematically similar to that, but like structurally. Like there are some songs that you can group together that feel like a continuation of one another. Like All and Everyone into On Battleship Hill mm-hmm. into England. I was like, okay. So obviously a lot of thought was put into the placement of these tracks because I feel like there's a whole narrative going through here. And while that's not the same through all of the album like it is on the wall, because that's like a, a opera or whatever, this is more like, oh, there's an obvious narrative through line. It's not like a story, but you can get... And my main issue with the wall is that you need like the visual element to the whole thing to really like understand the narrative. But for this, you just need the music. Yeah. You don't need any 90-minute movie. All right. What about you? What you think? Um, I also had no idea what I was getting into. Um, I actually thought, and I feel silly for saying this, but um, just based on the title, I thought it was going to be a lot more like an upbeat, like dancey kind of record. <laughs> Not like dance music specifically, but I definitely thought it was going to be upbeat because I thought Let England Shake was more of a like, oh, we're going to have a good time. Like a, like a Euro dance kind of thing? Yeah. Like in essence, um, way off. Uh, Let England Shake is way more about uh, the destruction of England, which 
makes more sense in retrospect, I think. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, I was, I was pleasantly surprised. I know last week I mentioned I had this completely fabricated beef with PJ Harvey that was really just a minor inconvenience I occasionally uh, uh, experience. Yeah. Um, but this makes me feel, uh, like that's completely irrelevant because, um, yeah, I like this album. I, I don't know that I would say I was floored with it. Um, but it, it is a good enough album for me to be interested in checking out more. And I think I actually will, um, because there's just so much PJ Harvey material. There's so much, um, like, do you know how many albums she has in totality? I was, she has one after this. I think it's a nine. Nine. Yeah. That's a lot. Nine studio albums. A lot of material. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, uh. She doesn't really pull punches at all. Um, there's there's a mix of uh, critiquing from her point of view. Um, I know that uh, Last Living Rose, which is one of, if not my favorite track, is from the point of view of someone she's critiquing. So, uh, you know, making fun of them, uh, which I, I enjoyed that. Um, a lot of gruesome imagery. Uh, the words that maketh murder is... Like, that's, like, a kind of a rough song by the end of it, because uh, that's the song where she talks about um, the the land is sown by uh, uh, deformed children. Is that the right song? The or Fruit is that of the Land. The Fruit of the Land. That might be the... Children. It's the Glorious Land. I got the tracks mixed up. Oh. Um, track three. But, yeah, the outro is, what is the glorious fruit of our land? Its fruit is deformed children, which is uh, talking about what war does. Um, so yeah, doesn't really pull punches and I can appreciate that. Uh, and yeah, sonically speaking, it's just a very interesting sounding record to me. Um, like there was, uh, there's like what xylophone on the title track. Yeah. That's crazy. Like I never expect Don't get something a lot of xylophone. like that. No. Um, and it, it's awesome. It, it's great. Uh, it's just, yeah, it was a very complex and interesting record, and I understand why she won a Mercury Award for it. Yeah. First time I listened to it, I was like, well, this doesn't really blow me away, but then I was like, I realized like what it was trying to do. Mm-hmm. It had very clean, very clear mixing all yeah. the way through. It had very nice, sharp guitars. The percussion was always fantastic i really liked the incorporation of horns occasionally Mm -hmm. the xylophone like you said i thought that worked really well on the title track as like a tone setter yeah and also like an instrumental palette setter there's there's guitar on almost every track like hanging on the wire has yeah just mainly piano but other than that most of the tracks are either like like very peppy guitars or they're like more like shoegazy guitars Mm -hmm. that shows up on a couple and it just feels so, like, meticulously constructed. I can tell a ton of thought went into every single track. It doesn't feel like there's, like, any, like, dead air on any of it, at least in terms of, like, instrumental ideas or sounds or anything like that. I never found myself really bored with any of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess... Getting into the lyrics, you already talked a little bit about some specific lyrics. Yeah. Oops. But well, it's fine. <laughs> this isn't a loose. This is a very loose show. Um, 
that I th it talked about war, but in specific, I felt it talked about how war affects like land and people on the land. Yeah. Because there's a ton of nature imagery throughout the whole thing. There's specific songs like Color of the Earth, England, and Glorious Land that talk specifically about just the physical land that that PJ Harvey is on. And I think juxtaposing that with war, which is so destructive and full of like death, I think it shows that war is really the antithesis of life because there's so much like waste involved with war people die for like no reason at all mm -hmm. there's a ton of money spent on it and we like destroy the land we fill the soil with bodies it's it made me think about the wall again because the <laughs> wall talks about specifically goodbye blue sky and that section of the wall it's about just how like war just kills people and that's about it it really doesn't solve anything especially in the contemporary world it's not like we're fighting for like we're not like the mongolians or whatever this is a very systematized like machine that churns out these conflicts especially worlds world war one and two which i think she specifically talks about yeah on the um because i think um all and everyone and on battleship hill are about the battle of gallipoli which happened in world war one mm -hmm. and that killed so many people like an unbelievable amount of people and her talking about um i guess the the song big guns uh second to last track um it's like life wants to continue on life wants to like there she says there's laughing there's singing but i don't laugh and i don't sing because war is such like a suffocating presence on life yeah. that you can't experience it that's what the big guns are calling me again whole thing is about like in the back of your brain you're like oh i'm in like a war i can't enjoy life because i'll always be called back onto the battlefield and that's in a lot of tracks, like, oh, well, all and everyone talks about death being everywhere because, like, it is, you just, you're probably going to die on some field somewhere and just going to be left there. And I think that's what, that's what makes this album, it's so sad. Yeah. It's just a sad The Color record. of the Earth is a very difficult track to get through. And who does, do you know who does the vocals on that track? Because there's a male vocalist, right? Yeah, there's a male vocalist on a couple songs, either in the background or just... Um, I think it's Mick Davis. I looked okay. it up. I don't know who that is. Okay. But um, I thought his vocals were a perfect match for yeah. PJs. Um, but that song specifically, Color of the Earth, is like haunting, both like figuratively and literally, because it's, it's about a... Uh, an individual like a comrade who runs off out of fear and like dies out of sight of anybody um and his like voice can still be heard uh like calling out for help both to the the narrator of the track and calling out to his mother as well um and there's like nothing that anybody can do about it and that's 
Yeah, that's a that's a scary scary track. Yeah, it's it's just like people just go to die, and that's what PJ talks about, like about everything. And then she brings it back to England because I can tell she obviously like loves her country in whatever way she's decided to do that, but. It's like tragic that it's so marred by the history of war that has plagued it mm-hmm. even now. Even though um, I forgot what song mentions the United Nations, but there's a specific track where she says that like the United Nations can't really do anything. Yeah, and that's a fair criticism because like they can't. there's that Security <laughs> Council thing where there's like five countries that have total veto power over everything. And they're the countries that are involved in the most conflicts around the world. And yeah, the United Nations can't really interfere in anything because they need, like, permission. So, obviously, she's like, there's a problem here. Like, England can't keep existing if there's all this war and conflict happening around it. And I I feel like she's saying that the the whole of the country is going to be, like, swallowed up. Because of everything. And I think that's captured in the song written on the forehead. Where it talks about... Like it sets the stage of like this city. And then there's a guy that's like... War is in our city now. And that's it. People have to like leave. Mm -hmm. And then there's like a backup vocalist that keeps chanting like blood. Blood and fire. Because that's what war brings. That's also a very interesting like... It sounds like a sample. It's probably not, but maybe it is. I don't know. Mm. Um, but like that's such an it's such an interesting addition to that track, and then in comparison to the rest of the the vocals on the album, it's it stands out very well. And it's like a terrible like dark song, but it's it's the way that that those lines are delivered would lead you to believe otherwise even though you know what is being said it feels very like uh like celebratory in a way which i'm sure is intentional something like that is never you know done on accident <laughs> um and i I, just, I think that that's uh a very it accomplishes that feeling of being eerie without like itself sounding eerie just yeah. like the context of it and it's like yeah that's what like, if war was coming into my town and I just had to leave, I'd be like, okay, well, that's gone. It's going to be replaced by blood and fire yep. because it will be, especially, um, I don't know if it's on that track where she talks about um, how um, the Iraqis would burn the oil wells. I know she brings that up. Um, yeah. And that's like the that's... famous image of that whole thing, yeah. like the, the oil wells burning with like the pillars of fire. Yeah, that is, that's the first verse of this song yeah so war just kind of is it's all encompassing and how it destroys things and life Mm -hmm. and all your thoughts and all that and i think pj harvey expertly captures that on every single track but then she places england in the middle and it's just like a straight love song for her country i think that that's like an important distinction um i think about uh the slow tie record, the first one, um, what's so great about England or what's so great about Britain? Sorry. Nothing great about Britain. nothing great about. It's been a long time since I've listened to that record, <laughs> but I mean that record and I don't know like hundreds of others about you know uh, 
England or uh, the United States or wherever are very like, I can't stand what's happening in my country and I'm going to criticize it, which is valid and, you know, express yourself however you want. But this record stands out to me in that way because it is very much look at all that is wrong with my country. I fear for it because I love it dearly. Not like look at all that is wrong with my country. I hate it. Um, which is that's just an interesting angle, comparatively speaking. I feel like that's a lot less common. And when we do get albums like that, they're from artists that I have. Uh, I look at very question. Like I think they're very questionable because there's Morrissey songs like that. And uh, Morrissey is the type of person that. Um, P.J. Harvey is making fun of in uh, The Last Living Rose. So. Yeah. yeah. I, th I think that it's it's definitely interesting. I think it's important that she can see the problems going on and see how history didn't happen in a vacuum and how it's still affecting what's going on today. Yep. I'm, I'm glad that she can see that, unlike some uh, people like uh, Morrissey, he's kind of just... <laughs> no, no. Um, anyway, I think that as a singer-songwriter album, I don't, I don't think it gets that much better than this, if I, if I might be so bold. Yeah, it's real good. Um, closing thoughts. Um, this album grew on me so hard. Um first time listening to it, I was like, yeah, it's pretty good. But several more times listening to it, I was like, okay, there's like something going on here that is kind of incredible. And I was, I was very glad for that I could experience that because I just, I love finding new music that I can just get super into because I love how it talks about war, how it talks about how people are expendable in war and just how pointless and just just destructive and wasteful the whole thing is there's constantly imagery of just like tons of dead bodies um and how they're just laying there they're not going to get moved it's just a ton of people's lives snuffed out in one location she talks about that a lot and the nature imagery just really elevates the material it's not just like nature imagery for nature imagery's sake i think it has a place on the album and yeah, it's just smart, and it's well-made, and it's catchy in a lot of places. And I really have no complaints, so I'm going to give it a solid A. Wow. Um, yeah, I really liked it. Uh, and, and like I said, it will make me look at some other P.J. Harvey stuff. Um, my favorite track, it's either The Last Living Rose or Bitter Branches. I don't know. It's a toss-up, and I'll have to listen some more. Toss-up. Uh, but at this point in time, I'm feeling a, a B. For this record I, I nice. enjoyed it so what are we looking at next week alright I had so much fun doing the Bo Burnham episode uh, because it had an accompanying visual with it uh, I have picked the uh, Suspiria album by Tom York that went with uh, Luca Guadagnino's 2018 movie Suspiria which we have both seen and love mm -hmm. um and I've been looking for an excuse to listen to this album specifically and also for an excuse to rewatch Suspiria. And I will be doing both of those in the coming week. 
as I'm sure you will. For be. the podcast. Yeah. So that's what we have for next week. All right. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you.